in Jesus. Holy Spirit. This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. The revealer of truth, reveal Jesus to us tonight, that we may see you, O Lord, just as you are. And as we behold your image, Lord, we may see ourselves the way you see us and begin to make adjustments that we may be like you. We thank you, mighty God. We give you praise and we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. I want to thank God uh, for the crew in the house tonight. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, praise. Thank you for leading us in that uh, time of worship. And uh, we have the one and only Maya on the keys tonight. God bless you. And we have uh, Dr. Daniel and uh, Brother Johnson on the console. Uh, thank you very much. God bless you all. Uh, tonight we're going to start a new uh, teaching series from the epistle uh, uh, by James. The epistle by James to the churches of the time. So I'm going to go ahead and read. I will read from verse 1 uh, to about the 18th verse, and then we will pick it up uh, from there as we continue. Uh, James chapter 1 from verse 1. James is servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting, my brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Hallelujah. Uh, the New Living Translation says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, <laughs> when trouble of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. 
And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will, they will fade away like a flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all their achievements. Verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. After they will, afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Verse 15. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So, don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who, has created, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Verse 18, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Uh, we're going to begin digging deep, and then uh, we will continue reading afterwards. Uh, by way of introduction, uh, the author of this letter, as you can see in verse 1, is James. It says, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of Jesus Christ and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, uh, the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad, greetings. So very clearly from the jump, the scripture tells us, the author, uh, I've, I've told us in time past that the author determines sometimes the weight of a letter. Uh, I will make up my mind uh, when or if at all I'm going to read a letter because of the person that has written it. Uh, if I have a bunch of text messages, for example, the first thing I do is I scan through. And then the ones that I know, for example, if my wife sends me a text, you better believe it, I'm going to read her text before I read your text. <laughs> So authorship is very, very important. Uh, the James here is very possible for us to be com confused about the James the scripture is talking about here. Uh, James is a pretty common name in, in, in Bible times. And even now, you know, uh, for example, my dad's name was James, you know, and uh, the church he attended in his lifetime uh, was called St. James's Cathedral. He was James and he went to James's church. <laughs> you know, I'm sure everyone listening tonight, you know at least one person by the name James. And that's why it's important to uh, kind of clear the air on who this particular James is. 
when you look in the orbit of Jesus amongst the apostles, uh, there were two Jameses mentioned. Uh, the first one is James, the brother of John, uh, James, the son of Zebedee. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 21, Matthew 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 21. Uh, the Bible says, this is Jesus speaking here. Uh, it said, a little further up the shore, he saw, uh, we're referencing Jesus, looking at them. He saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, uh, repairing their nets, and he called to them to come. Uh, to come to. Uh, praise the Lord. So we, we see the, uh, the James, this James is introduced to us here as the son of Zebedee. The other James in the orbit of Jesus uh, during his uh, ministry here on earth was James the son of Alphaeus. James the son of Alphaeus. In Mark chapter 3 from verse 16, the uh, the the uh, writer, uh, Mark, began to list the disciples of Jesus Christ. And it, it says from verse 16, it says, These are the twelve he chose. Simon, whom he named Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed, uh, nicknamed them, uh, sons of thunder. So we see uh, James, the son of Zebedee, here again. Uh, but to distinguish between this one and the other one, you continue reading in verse 18. The Bible says, continues to list the uh, disciples, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, and then James again. James, son of Alphaeus. And Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and verse 19, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Uh, these are the two James that we know in the circle of Jesus. But the James that wrote the book of James is neither of these two guys. Uh, it, it, it's not any one of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, the author of this epistle is neither of uh, James, son of Zebedee, nor James, the son of Alphaeus. This is Bible study. So we're learning. Amen. So there is a third John, uh, a third James that is also known as James, the Lord's brother. James, the Lord's brother. Galatians chapter 1, verse 19. Galatians chapter 1, verse 19. This is after the conversion of uh, Paul and is recounting his experience, the Bible says the only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. Uh, this James was also believed uh, to be the first bishop of Jerusalem. So, if this James is the brother of Jesus, then it begs the question that where was he in the lifetime of Jesus. Where was James? James, the Lord's brother. Where was he during the life of Jesus? So let's read again. Uh, if you open to Mark, we're laying uh, some good foundation here. Uh, so let's look at the family of Jesus. Uh, we know from uh, 
uh, Matthew uh, chapter 2 uh, from Luke, where we know the father and the mother of Jesus. We know uh, Joseph was his father, and we knew Mary was his mother. But in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says, Then they scoffed at him. Uh, this is the people of the town. They scoffed at Jesus. They were making fun of him. They were laughing at him. They scoffed him. They said, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, James, the Lord's brother. The brother, they are saying, Jesus, we know him. What is this, this stuff he's talking about? What is he? He's saying he can do this, he can do that. Uh, you, you, you destroy this uh, temple and in three days I will raise it. What, what are, we know who you are. We know you. We know your father. We know your mother. You know, when you begin to brag in front of some people that know your humble beginning, those are the kind of people that will tell you this kind of, uh, uh, is it not you? <laughs> we know you. <laughs> we know you. We know you. So who are you? We know your father. Your father is Joseph. Your mother is Mary. And we know your brothers and your sisters. And then they began to tell him, uh, isn't James your brother? Joseph. We know Joseph. We know Judas. This is not Judas Iscariot. <laughs> we know Judas. We know Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. So, we saw that Jesus had a family. And the reference here, though salient, is not very uh, open. It shows that Jesus, at this point that they are referencing, Jesus himself was not being followed by his brothers and sisters. Otherwise, they would have said, are these not your brothers? No. They are making a reference to the brothers apart from him. Why? Because the brothers and the sisters did not believe in his ministry when he was here on earth. So it makes this book we're studying uh, very interesting to read. So James, the brother, the Lord's brother, wrote an epistle to the church. That is interesting. When in actual fact during his life, they did not believe in him. Let's read Mark chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, because this is Bible study. We don't just want to say things that, that by uh, uh, assumptions. Uh, the Bible says in verse 20, Matthew 3, 20, it says, One time Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't find time to eat. When his family, you see that? When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. Hallelujah. I don't know what has been said about you or what has been said about you, but it's important that we understand the life and the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was like a sore thumb in his family. 
When God began to use him and he was doing these great works, the, his family was ashamed of him. They separated themselves from him. They didn't want to be associated with him. The Bible says when his family heard, other people gathered to benefit from the ministry of Jesus, but his family said he was out of his mind and they were going to go there and take him away. They didn't believe him. And one of the people that did not believe him was James, the writer of the epistle of James. He said they did not believe him. They went there instead of them to say, oh, let us sit down with this great crowd and learn of our brother. No. They did not want any of it. A lot of times, you know, the people closest to you that perhaps have seen your weaknesses, uh, they, they have seen you, <laughs> like we say, they are see finish. <laughs> they have seen you through and through. When you begin to talk, they don't believe you. I remember back in the day, maybe not a very good example, but it might help somebody. Back in the day, uh, when I was in high school, we were preparing for the big exit exam from, uh, from, uh, from high school. We call it the West African uh, Examination, WAEC. So we're preparing for it, and uh, <laughs> because I hung out with bad boys, you know, uh, but even though I hung out with bad boys, somehow, uh, when we did everything that we did, I would go home, I would do whatever, vomit, you know, whatever. Whatever I needed to do to make sure I'm comfortable to study, I would do. You know, so when we, when we now sit down with the people that know what they're doing, you know, and we are doing review, you know, and they will be talking and I will say something, they'll say, oh, Koye, be quiet. Let the people that know it teach us. <laughs> They, they, I thought after we all mess around, we go home and study. That's what I did. But apparently, they didn't study. They just, uh, they went home and just slept off their hangovers. You know, but I would go home and study. So when we gather to study, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the guys will be talking. They'll be explaining and this and that and that and that. When I put my mouth and I'm trying to say, yes, this is how to do this, that. Say, oh, no, Koye, we don't have time. Let the people that know this stuff, let them teach us. I think the brothers of Jesus were kind of like that. Like they say, the prophet is not without honor. It's only in his hometown or in his home. So if people that are close to you are not appreciating the gift of God upon your life, don't despair. Amen. Because they did it to Jesus. They did it to Jesus. In John chapter 7, let's read from verse 1 through 5. John 7, 1 through 5. It says, after this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon, it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brother said to him, watch this. The brothers of Jesus said to him, Live here and go to Judea where your followers 
can see your miracles. This tells you that they were not his followers. He said, just go and meet your followers and let them see the miracles that you want to perform. He said, you cannot become famous if you hide like this. <laughs> Friends, there is a time for you to shine. And when that time comes, nothing can hold you down. In the name of Jesus. So they were saying to him, oh, go, 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 go. You know why? They didn't want him to be present during the festival so that they wouldn't say, look at the madman and the brothers and sisters of the madman. They were ashamed of him. Uh, I dare to ask this question tonight. Are you ashamed of Christ? Are you ashamed of Christ? You know, we started a Bible study uh, at my job, uh, Wale, Wale, I invited Wale to join us. Wale joins us now. Last Friday, we prayed for like 45 minutes solid. Is that correct? 45 minutes solid on Zoom. We were praying. It was during lunch. We have it during lunch. Are you ashamed of Christ or are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? So they said to him, go, go. They just wanted him as far away from them as possible. He said, go. You, you, if you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. It, they were not praising him. They were trying to get him as far as possible away from them. That's, you can see that obviously in verse 5, John chapter 7 verse 5. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. His mother, you know, Mary's story is, come see, come sir for me. But she was not an apparent believer during his life. In Matthew chapter 12, you read verses 46 and 47. Matthew chapter 12, 46 and 47. It says, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside. Asking to speak to him. They didn't come in. They did not want to associate with him. And verse 47, someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are outstanding outside. They want to speak to you. They want him to come out, leave what he was doing, and come speak to them. You know why? Very simple. They didn't believe him. They didn't believe in his ministry. There's no mention of his father. You know, after that introduction of Joseph and everything, you, you don't see him anywhere else during the ministry of Jesus. He was certainly not one of his followers. Otherwise, there will have been reference made to that. So now watch this. Very interesting. We're still in verse 1. It says, this letter is from James, and we have defined who this James is. This is James, the Lord's brother. James, the Lord's brother. He says, a slave of God and of Jesus Christ. Something dramatic has changed in the life of James. Listen to me. Salvation, there's no way salvation comes into a man's life and does not transform him. No way. 
I, I, that's been my experience. And many people that I've observed from a distance have seen that the, their, their ex experience is similar to that. When you come to Christ, you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is an internal change that happens within you, and that inward change brings about an outward manifestation of a changed life. James, that was hiding and didn't want to be associated with Jesus before, is now saying, this is James... A slave of God and of Jesus Christ. He didn't say the Lord's brother. He didn't call it. He, he, he didn't try to be cool. You know, if your if your brother was president, <laughs> there's no way you talk about the president. You don't introduce your relationship. <laughs> if I all over you, they will have seen it that uh, you are the president's brother. But James here has moved past that. The word, the Greek word that is translated slave here is doulos. Doulos. In some other translations, it says a servant of God. Or in some other translations, it says a bondman or a bond servant. A bondman or a bond servant is a slave that has been freed. You know, every... Uh, every so often, after a slave has served the master for so many years, according to Jewish law, the slave has to be let go. You have to free that slave. But some slaves, after they have been freed, they say, you know what? I love my master. I don't want to go away from my master. I will remain with my master and continue to be his slave. As a bond servant. I bind myself. To my master. I, yes, I have freedom, but I, by my own free will and act, I make myself available to my master as a slave. A transformation has happened in the life of James. James that was ashamed of Jesus is now saying is a slave of Jesus. What he's saying is very simple. He's saying, I have been bought with a price. I don't belong to myself anymore. I belong to Jesus. That's what he's saying. He said, I'm a bond servant of Jesus. He bought me with his blood, with his sacrifice. I bind myself to this Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. So verse 2 you begin to read from verse 2, and it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I believe Brother James is speaking from experience here. All the persecution and everything they encountered, first as a follower of Jesus, and then two, being the brother of Jesus. There are two key words in that third verse that I would like us to look at very quickly. We'll spend a little, a lot more, a bit more time uh, looking at those two. It says, for you know 
that when your faith is tested, faith is the first word, your endurance has a chance to grow. I believe most of us know what faith is. Uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, very popular scripture. We all know it by heart. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. I like to simply describe faith as a confidence in the ability and the willingness of God to use his supernatural power on a man's behalf. Having that confidence in God, knowing that not only is God able, God is willing. That belief in God to use his abilities in my favor can simply be described as faith. Friends, <laughs> faith is key and central to our lives as believers. Hebrews eleven six, you know it already. Say, for it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what am I saying here tonight? Consider our salvation. <laughs> we were saved by grace through what? Through faith. How many of us saw Jesus this morning? Did you say, good morning, sir? <laughs> yeah, with a warm handshake and a bear hug. No. We believe. Romans 10, it says, with the heart, we believe. And with the mouth, we confess. That is faith. We, there's a knowing that is in our heart that this is real. And I, I really don't, <laughs> I, I, I can't think of anything anyone can say or anyone can do that can make me change my mind anymore. It's too late. It's too late for the devil. You know, one of the things I, I, I told, this is a long time now, I told somebody, Say, what if all of these things you have believed is a lie? I said, what have I lost? If I didn't believe everything that I believed, I probably would be dead today because I was living a dangerous life. You know, young and, you know, you thought like, I mean, you have ten lives. You lose one life, you grab another one. You lose one life, you grab another one. Perhaps I'll be dead by now or contact, uh, contract some dangerous disease. Of, of some sort. Praise the Lord. So even if it were so, I have, I have lost nothing. There's nothing about my life that is limited. I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. There's nothing. I've lived that nonsense life before, and it's not anything compared to this life that I live now. God is good. God is good. God is good. So anyone who wants, Hebrews eleven six, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Friends, faith is the door opener. It opens the door for great opportunities and miracles in our lives. Faith in God... When we talk about faith, everybody has faith. 
We, we've talked about this in the past. Everybody has faith. How many of you, when you came tonight, you tried the chair to make sure it can support your weight? No, you just came confidently, you sat down. And sure enough, it supported your weight. That is faith. You have faith in the ability of that chair to support you. When we talk about faith, we're talking about faith in God. Faith in God, not just faith in anything or anyone, but faith in the Most High God. Faith is important because of a few things. Number one, if you want to experience the power of God, you need faith. You need faith. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Matthew 17 and verse 20, the Bible says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I, told you the tr- I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. Listen, the story here is Jesus had gone up to the Mount of Transfiguration with three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and while they were up there, the remaining nine were having their graduation ceremony take place. They were testing <laughs> the, the, all the things that Jesus had taught them to see if they have learned anything. So they brought a child, demon-possessed child. They prayed, they yelled, they did everything. They skabashed, they skaboshed. They, they, they were yelling at the demon. The demon didn't answer them. And Jesus came... <laughs> And just cast out the demon. They were like, what? We spent all night fighting this demon. Your your place is not to fight the demon. Hallelujah. And Jesus said to them, the reason you couldn't do it is because you don't have enough faith. I want us to just stop for a moment there. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Perhaps you lift up your right hand. It's a mark of surrender. And say, Father, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Increase my faith. Increase. All things are possible to them that believe. There is something God wants to work out in and through and by your life. You just need to be in agreement with him. Say, Father, increase my faith. Increase my faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God's power can only be released through faith. When we release our faith and we believe the word of God, we join with the word of God and we make declarations by his name. Demons tremble, doors open, great things happen. Amen. Number two, miracles happen when we pray by faith. You know, sometimes... If you have been a believer for so long, it is possible to mouth prayers without believing. Amen? Uh, A lot of people, (laughs) prayer is like uh, some kind of gymnastics. If you go to the gym to work out, you know, you do this five times, and then you do that ten times, and then you do this other one. Prayer is beyond that. Prayer is beyond that. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the true sons of God. God is the one that gives us utterance to pray. 
the Bible says, Hallelujah. God is the one that gives us utterance to pray. We were praying uh, for someone on Sunday, and today my prayer sort of changed. And as I began to pray, God gave me an idea. Why don't you call this person in Dallas? He can handle this thing for you. I called the person in Dallas, and the situation is taken care of now. A lot of times we're praying, or you are praying, you believe, oh, I need money. Your problem may not be money. If you allow God to teach you, amen, to teach you, to give you the utterance, as we pray by faith, we're going to experience the miracles of God in the name of Jesus. Matthew 21, 21 and 22. Matthew 21, 21 and 22. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. Hallelujah. Faith is the master key that unlocks the door to miracles and great things happening in our lives. Number three, healings happen through faith, by faith, by faith. Matthew chapter 9, verses 20, 21 and 22. Matthew 9, 20 to 22. It says, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years, constant bleeding, came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Faith. Faith. She said a, 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 a few words of prayer in her, uh, in her heart, and she acted upon it. She said, if I, may, if I can just touch the uh, edge of his robe. Can I tell you something? Some people did more than touch the edge of his robe, and nothing happened to them. That is why when Jesus said, who touched me? They were like, Master, what are you talking about? Everybody is touching you. <laughs> who touched me from where to where? You have this mammoth crowd around you, people bumping on each other. Everybody is touching you. What do you mean who touched you? He knew virtue had come out of him. And the only way to get virtue to flow from Christ to you is by faith. Only believe. Only believe. Remember the story of the Syrophoenician woman or the Canaanite woman in some translations. Jesus said to her, he says, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. This woman was begging for her child. He said, oh, heal my child. Jesus said, no, I cannot give the food of the children to to dogs. She said, yes, you are right. But the dogs eat from the crumbs of their master's table. Jesus was like, oh, man. Talk about faith. Unrelenting. Faith that never gives up. Faith that stays on course. And Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your faith is great. He said, what you have requested, you got it. You got it. Just go. You got it. 
Number four, faith, faith through faith, we can have deliverance. You know, <laughs> the story, I, I love this story so much. Uh, I've preached many times from it. It's been a while. Uh, maybe God is leading me to go back now. Daniel, they hated him. The, the, I, I mean, what was there not to hate about Daniel? The guy just made everybody look like they didn't know what they were doing. Amen. I mean, loaded with wisdom, loaded with everything, grace, just talk about it. Everything was present. So the other presidents, they didn't like him at all. Hallelujah. Your, the direction of your life, the end of your story is not dependent on who likes you and who doesn't like you. If they like, let them hate you. You will still get to where you are going. In fact, you, as you are get, going there and heading and making progress, they get more and more and more mad. They will only be mad. <laughs> but they can't stop you. They cannot stop you. There's a plan and a program and a purpose of God for your life, and the devil is too small where God is, nudging you and charging you on to your predestined place in life. They lied on Daniel. They did everything. They, they knew Daniel, the only way to get him is to get him not to pray. And they knew he would pray. So he opened his window. He's not scared. I'm not a CIA, FBI, undercover believer. I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. If you need to know, I will tell you. So he did, and then they threw him in the lion's den. The king came charging in the morning. Said Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. Oh, Daniel, Daniel, the son of uh, the, the servant of the living God, has your God <laughs> delivered you? He said, I'm still here. Oh, king, I am here. I am here solid, solid. Verse 23, the Bible says, The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. For why? For he had trusted in his God. The fact that I have faith in God or have confidence in God does not mean I will not have trials. I will have trials, but I will overcome. I will overcome. It may seem like, oh, something terrible. Let it seem like anything. The, the end for me is good news. The end for you is good news. The conclusion of my story is good news. You know, think about it. Even if on earth nothing else works out, when I die, I'm going to spend eternity with Christ. That is enough good news. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how long we live here on earth. Yeah, the ones that have lived long, they live 120. Even 120 is very rare these days. Right, Doc? 120 is rare these days. Say you live 120 years. What is that compared to eternity? Eternity where the streets, the dust on the streets is gold. The foundation of the gates made of precious stones. Imagine that kind of eternity where you live forever and ever and ever. No pain, no crying, no lack, no darkness. God himself is the light. And we all dwell in his presence. 
Daniel had faith in God, and his faith in God gave him deliverance. Uh, your faith will bring deliverance to you in the name of Jesus. The second word there that we see is endurance. Endurance. The way I see it is uh, faith is a thing of the heart and endurance or patience is the attitude with which you carry on following it. Endurance or patience is the ability to persevere in a task or a calling. As believers, we are called to endure in the face of trial or opposition. The verse that we read, it said, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, think about it, any kind of trouble, financial trouble, marital trouble, family trouble, car trouble. <laughs> I'm very familiar with car trouble of, in the past, distant past. Car trouble, house trouble, money trouble, food trouble, stomach trouble, any kind, he said, any trouble of any kind. If it comes your way, he said, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why? Because you know the outcome is guaranteed. When we, have, when we put our faith and our confidence in God, God will sort us out. And you know what? The bigger the problem, the bigger the testimony. You know, so when I hear people say, ah, God will give me a big testimony. Ah, you have not thought about the other side of it. Big testimony is a big, for it to be big, the problem is also commensurate. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 3, he says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So when your faith is tested, when you have trials, when you have tribulations, what is happening is that God is building up your endurance. You are growing in endurance. The trouble is not supposed to destroy you. It's supposed to build you up. Your attitude in the, in the face of trouble determines the outcome to a great extent. Watch this. Endurance is a virtue. Endurance is a virtue. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. He says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Watch. When your faith is tested, when your faith is being tried, when you have troubles, when you have trials, what is happening is God is helping you to grow in your endurance. You grow in faith, you grow in endurance, and at the end of it, there's a harvest, a wonderful harvest. That is why you can then look back. And say, ah, I remember those days when I used to this and I used to that. I remember the days when I used to count pennies to buy gas in this country. But God is faithful. God will turn your story around in the name of Jesus. The reason it seems like it's, it's lingering, 
that that situation is lingering and it's been extended is because you are not growing as you should. As you grow and you mature, that problem then comes to an end. And then you can go look back and say, God is good. God is good. God is building you and I up. Don't let's let up. Don't give up. It says, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Endurance or patience or long-suffering is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering, or endurance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against this. Number two, very quickly, still talking about endurance. Endurance is the hallmark of a Christian. The ability to stand and persevere and suffer long in the face of adversity. Why would anyone want to endure trials and tribulations? Very simple, because you know God is on your side. It's a rigged fight. It's a rigged fight. Can you imagine a fight that before the fight, they already told you must make sure fifth round. When he gives you this uppercut, you must fall down. And he has collected the money. Or maybe they have, uh, <laughs> they may have even kidnapped his family. He said, if you don't fall and lose this fight, your family will die. You know? So round one, they are both playing, you know, so the other guy is punching hard to make it look like he's real. The person they are punching, he knows the fifth round, this guy is going to fall down. It doesn't matter how weak my punch is. Once I land, it's coming, uppercut, he falls down and he loses. He is a fixed fight. The battle that you and I are engaged in, watch this, Jesus already won. We are just living out the reality of that fight. We are living out the reality of that victory. But he's building us up so that we can withstand trials and withstand tribulations. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, Matthew 10, 22, say, and all nations, this is Jesus speaking, and all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying some of the gospel we preach today is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Me, I know, go so far. (laughs) He said they will hate you. And because they hate you, they will walk against you. They will work to make you fall, but everything they do, it may seem like they are succeeding, they are succeeding, and then God gives you victory, you rise above everything else. Hallelujah. It says, you will, everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Part of our DNA as believers is endurance. Jesus said to the disciples, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Luke 9, 62. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow 
and then looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. We need staying power. Staying power to stay the course, to stay till the end, to stand until the very end. That is what endurance is. It is not easy, but I am making it by the grace of God. The enemy is trying to pull me down, but I am hanging in there by faith. Oh, this is pulling me, that is pulling me, so many distractions, but I am standing by faith. Pandemic has come, people are discouraged, nobody wants to go to church, nobody wants to serve anymore, but I am standing by the grace of God. There will always be things happening in your life and in my life that will want to slow us down or pull us down. But we must understand that we need to stand. We need to stand. We need to endure till the very end. You know, they say, oh, the new normal is what we talk about now. The new normal, the new normal. When it comes to my faith in Christ, the, the only new normal is my faith is getting stronger in Jesus Christ. Not weakened. Not weakened. So many people are so afraid. It's coming, it's going, this, that. It's coming, it's coming. You set a net for it to catch it when it comes. <laughs> when it comes, it will meet Jesus with me. It will meet Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm not saying be reckless or be careless. You know, we see people go about their business all over the place. The only place, oh, I'm not comfortable is only when it comes to judge. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. Even if you have concerns, trust in God. We talked about faith. Faith. And then endure. Endure hardship. Endure hardness. That is what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, as good soldiers of Christ, you must learn to endure. Endure hardship. Endure hardship. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. I'm tired of undercover believers. I'm tired of secret service believers. If God has done so much for you indeed, how come the whole world doesn't know about it? If God is all that that you say he is in your life, how come nobody else has heard it from you? Watch this. So, oh, Pastor, I'm trying. It's just that my faith is weak or my body is weak. And this, God gives endurance. God gives endurance. You can pray to God to help you to endure, to stand to stand in the face of adversity. You know, uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know the story. He said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup, let it pass over me. So for a brief moment, Jesus considered what was coming and he was like, Lord, if there's any <laughs> secondary plan, can we take that. 
But quickly he caught himself. He said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus endured the pain of the cross. They beat him. They scorched him. The Bible says he did not have any resemblance of a man. It was that beating. But he had you in mind. He had me in mind. He endured all of that suffering because he knew that there is adekoye sonny in the future that would need salvation. And he did it for me. He did it for you. Romans chapter 15 verse 5. Romans chapter 15 verse 5. It says, may God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ. Say, so may God, who gives patience and encouragement, why don't you just bow your heart for a moment and just talk to the Lord. I don't know who you are, uh, but you are, you are fainting. You are becoming more and more weary by the day. Your walk is fading away, your walk with Christ. Say, Father, help me. Help me. Strengthen me in my inner man. Give me the staying power to stand until the very end. Many troubles, many trials. But Lord, you are above them all. You are above them all. Help me. Help me stand. Help me remain till the very end. You are the God who gives patience and encouragement. Father, I pray that you will encourage your children. Lord, I pray that you will encourage your church. Many things are pulling us apart. Some have lost their jobs. Some their homes have maybe been taken away at this point. Vehicle repossessed. But Lord, you know the troubles of your people. They encourage everyone tonight in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Paul said, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10 said, So I am willing to endure anything. I'm willing to endure pain. I'm willing to endure hunger. I'm willing to endure lack. Isn't that what Paul said? He said, I have learned both to be abased and to abound. It means I can survive in the midst of plenty and I can survive in the midst of nothing. Say, so help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, let's jump uh, very quickly. Uh, so he said, verse 4, verse 4 says, So let it grow. The it there is endurance. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God is working it out in your life. He's working it out in my life. Verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, 
and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Uh, I'm going to just run through this very quickly because of time. Uh, I want to get to something down there. Uh, But when you ask him, be sure that you, your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. It's a, a double-minded man. It's like a, the wave of the sea, unstable in all his ways. He said, don't let that man think he can get anything from God. Be solid in your confidence in God. Be solid in your faith in God. Know that God can never leave you hanging. God can never fail you. I I have tasted, I have seen, I can tell you that is true. Even when it seems like everything is falling apart, nothing is working out. Oh, oh, me, I've lost all. God will pick that pieces, put it together for you, and your life will be more beautiful than before he's scattered. Hallelujah. In the valley of the dry bone, he said, behold, the bones were very dry. It was a hopeless situation. No one could say anything good could come out of this. When, Jesus, when God asked uh, Jeremiah, he said, son of man, can this bone live? <laughs> Smart guy. He said, thou knowest too. <laughs> Only you know, Lord, if they will live or not, you know, you know. That's a man that has walked with God. That's a man that knows that with God, nothing shall be impossible. If that was me, I said, Lord, except you want to do a miracle here. This, <laughs> they are not just dead. The, the flesh is gone. Everything is, is just bones. They're very, very dead. If they were dying slowly by now, they have really, 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 really dry, died. Nothing left. Even the, the bones were not wet. The bones were very dry. You know, we need to think about scripture when we read sometimes. If that was you that God asked, what would you say? Say, I don't think so. But, you know, at any case, you are God. You can do anything you want to do. But as far as I am concerned, these bones, <laughs> very dead. Yeah, they are very, very dead. In fact, from medical perspective, considering the pathophysiology of uh, this and the anatomy, and the bones are so disjointed, we don't know which one is the mandible. We don't know. No, there's nothing. They can't live. Forget. Lord, forget. Isn't that what we tell God sometimes in our own situations, in the issues of our lives? When we write things off, that this is gone, this is done. How do we endure hardship when hardship is, ment- is mental comparison and not being where you ought to be in life? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you very much for the question. Where you ought to be in life is, the, is your perspective about your life. I praise the Lord. How do you know that where you are right now is not where you're supposed to be? So, well, all my mates, 
have gone ahead of me. Okay. They may have gone ahead of you, but the chapter and the story of your life was it written the same way as it is written for your friends and for your mates. The journey of life I have since realized is very individual. It's very, very personal. And I've also found out, I did a sermon series on the nature of adversity. I think it was a three or four part series. I have also realized that adversity in life is very personal. Whatever it is you're going through, the people that love you, they can empathize with you. They can say things to make you feel better, but they can never know what you're going through unless they have been there themselves. So I want to encourage you. Seek the face of the Lord and let God lead you in the right way for you. You know, uh, there's an example that comes to mind now. The general overseer, uh, Pastor E. Adeboe, uh, <laughs> his number one goal in life was to be the youngest vice chancellor of a university. That's the president of a university. He wanted to be the youngest uh, 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 university president. And he was very well on track to make it when God called him. God called him and he started living in a jungle somewhere. <laughs> that nobody, I mean, it was back in those days, it was called the den of thieves, the den of armed robbers. And that's where he lived. In fact, he said, if I want Naira, there's no denomination in dollar for one Naira. Because one dollar is like 450 Naira. That's Nigerian currency. Back in those days, he couldn't afford one Naira to pay the toll to get to the camp. If you will have looked at his life when he resigned from the university and is no longer on track to become the vice, uh, uh, the president, and all of these things, you will have said his life was over. But God had just started with him. God had just started with him. Now, he is the, not only the president, he's the chairman, he's the head, he's the chancellor he's of the university. So, I don't know who you are. Uh, if you believe that, uh, then you need to pray to God and say, Lord, where am I in your program for my life? Amen. Uh, and I want you to also know this. It may seem like it's delayed, but God has your back. Just stay in Christ. When David became a fugitive, and for like 13 years, Saul and the national army, they were chasing him down. You will have thought it was over for him. The prophecy, the prophecy, the prophecy was over with. He was a fugitive, running from place to place. But he came to pass. I prophesy over your life that God that gives uh, 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 patience and encouragement will encourage you. He will lift you up and position you where you ought to be in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Very quickly, uh, I'm going to read from verse 12. Let me read from verse 12. It talks about temptation. I want us to talk about that and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Uh, James chapter 1 from verse 12. 
Say God blesses those who patiently endure tempting and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from your own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So, don't be misled, my brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. One thing that is certain in life, as long as you are living and you are breathing, there will be temptations. You know, uh, when we think of temptations, I think the, the, the first thing that comes to people's mind is sexual temptation. You are tempted to fornicate. You are tempted to commit adultery. No, 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 no. There's temptation in everything. Amen. When you are supposed to fast, you know, and that's the day, the very day of the fast is when your stomach began, begins to growl. And you see food. You, you smell food. You know, and you, you cannot hold yourself. You know, or you have made a commitment to God. And other things are luring you away from that commitment. That is temptation. The Bible is saying that you must patiently endure testing and temptation. Temptation is sure to come. Temptation in itself is not a sin, but the outcome or the result or whatever is consequent upon that temptation is what determines whether you walk into sin or not. So friends, be steadfast. Be immovable. Stand strong. Don't blame God for whatever temptation you think. Oh, uh, uh, God is tempting. God is. He said, "I don't tempt people." That's what the scripture said here. Watch this. Verse fourteen is where I want us to focus on. It says, "Temptation comes from our own desires." which entice us and drag us away. Listen, it is impossible, well, generally speaking, <laughs> generally speaking, it is dif- uh, impossible, if not, uh, it is difficult, if not impossible, for you to be tempted by what you don't care about. You can't be tempted by what you don't care about. You know, the back... So many years now that I can't even remember. I used to smoke. It was a problem for me. I eat, I smoke. I go to the bathroom, I smoke. I want to sleep at night, I smoke. I was a chain smoker. But now, if anybody is smoking around, it doesn't do anything to me. You know why? That bondage has been broken off of my life. That yoke has been broken off of my life. I don't have any, in fact, I remember after I gave my life to Christ, and after like six months, I went back, it wasn't enticing for me, I just wanted to taste it. I, when I smoked it, it tasted like wood, it's like eating wood. I just gave it up. You know why? Because that desire, God has taken it away from me. 
whatever you are tempted by is something, there's something in you and I that is still connected to that thing. That's why I'm enticed by it. So my temptations reveals to me the areas of my life where I still need work to do. Amen? Whatever is enticing you is something that is still, you know, you have a connection with that thing. So temptation comes from our own desires. The things we want, the things we like, the things we aspire for, you know, it comes from our own desires and they entice us and drag us away from God's will for our lives. Those desires, ultimately, when you are, when you are sucked in to that temptation, what happens? It gives back to sinful actions. You know, temptation is just telling you, come. It's good, you know. Like in the Garden of Eden, uh, Genesis chapter 3, he said when they looked at it, it looked like it would be good for food. It was beautiful. It was all of that. That is the temptation part. If you don't deal with it and cut it off, then you'll be sucked into it, and then your action following results in sin, and sin ultimately death. What do I do with temptation? Have accountability partner. If there's something that you know is a recurring decimal in your life, have someone you can trust that you can talk to. So that when temptation is happening, you can discuss temptation so you don't have to go as far as sin. Praise the Lord. I think we're, we're just going to, we're, we're going to stop there for tonight. Let's rise to our feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.